All right. So we are doing now the portion of Chumash for Thursday in the week of Akev. So the Pasuk, the verse begins. We were saying in yesterday's portion of various things that the Jews had done, which was not so great. And today's continues, and now, Jewish people, what does God ask of you? Only to fear him, to go in his ways, to love him, to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Rashi comments, what does it mean, and now, even though you did all this, even though you did all of these things that we just discussed yesterday that were not so good, but he still has such compassion and love for you. And even though you sinned, all he's asking you is to fear him. And this is the source of a very significant saying of our sages, that all is in the hands of heaven except fear of heaven. I mean, God's, God controls our destiny, and our free choice is, to what degree are we going to fear him? How are we going to respond to what life gives us? What life gives us comes from him. My responses, that's my free choice. That's what comes from me. So the the next verse continues. This is the list of what God wants from us. To keep his laws that I've commanded you today for your benefit. So Rashi comments on this, that this idea of keeping the laws is not for nothing. The verse is clearly saying it's for your benefit. You are going to receive a reward. It's worth it. The more you do it God's way, the more you you see it works out. The blessings are there. That's the benefit. The next verse. Behold, to, to God are the heavens and the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it. Then the next verse continues. Only your forefathers did God cherish to love them and to choose their children after them, meaning you, meaning the Jewish people, from among all the peoples as this day. So Rashi comments on this, behold to your God, Rashi says, is everything. God has everything. But even though he has everything, the only thing he desired was your forefathers from everything and their children, meaning you. So you are cherished from all the peoples. The next verse, you should cut away the barrier of your heart and no longer stiffen your neck. So the barrier of your heart, Rashi explains, is the blocking, the covering on your heart. The next verse. Because God is the God of everything, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who doesn't show favor and doesn't take a bribe. So there's three phrases here Rashi comments on from this verse. The God of all gods. Meaning nothing, I mean, so to speak, no, no one can save you from his hands. He he has all the power. The ultimate and only power is in his hands. He doesn't show favor, Rashi explains, meaning if you break away from his yoke. And he doesn't take a bribe, meaning, so to speak, to appease him with money, to pay him off. The next verse. He carries out the judgment of the orphan and the widow and loves the convert to give him bread and clothing. So Rashi explains, it says he does the judgment of the orphan and the widow. This idea of judgment is, is gura, is judgment. 
And whenever there is, there is a saying of our sages that whenever we see God's might, we find his humility. His might is going to be linked to humility. In other words, we, Moshe just spoke of God's might in order to impress upon the Jews to listen to him. So now, why is suddenly, like, out of left field, we're speaking of God's compassion for the orphan and the widow and the convert? So Rashi is explaining that because we're discussing God's might, once I speak his power, that automatically is going to connect to his humility. So the humility here is the lowering of, so to speak, of God's self to focus and nurture the unfortunates. Then, on the words, he's giving the convert, he loves the convert so much, he gives him bread and clothing. So a person could say, wow, you love me so much, I give you bread and clothing. And Rashi is saying, no, this is really important things, because Yaakov, at one point, he prayed for this from God, give me bread to eat and clothing to wear. So it's not a minor thing, even though it might contextually look like, what, that's, that's an expression of your love? The next verse, you should love the convert because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So what is the connection? Love the convert because I was a stranger myself. So Rashi explains, and also this, he's bringing a saying of our sages, which is an imperfection that exists in you. Don't taunt your friend with it. You actually share the same issue. So how can you taunt him about it? In other words, when we're saying that we were strangers in Egypt, that doesn't motivate me to love someone else. But, so Rashi there says, it means don't verbally put the other person down. Because if you're putting down yourself, you are also a stranger. The next verse, you should fear God, you should serve God, you should connect to God, and with his name you should swear. So Rashi explains what's the sequencing in this verse that fear him and serve him and connect to him. And then when you truly fear him, serve him, connect to him, then you can use his name. Not that we're saying it's a duty, it's an obligation to swear in God's name. It means if you're sufficiently God-fearing, you may now swear in his name. And the next verse. He is your praise. He is your God who did for you all these great and awesome things that your eyes saw. And the next verse, what's one thing we're pointing out that we experience very tangibly? With 70 souls, your ancestors ascended to Egypt, and now God made you like the stars of the heaven. You're so abundant. The next verse, you should love God and keep all of his commandments all of your days. The next verse, you should know today, it's not with your children who didn't know and who didn't see God's musr, his rebuke. You experience his greatness, his strong arm, his outstretched, his strong hand, his outstretched arm. So Rashi says, what does it mean you should know today? You have to pay attention to this, to know and to understand and to accept God's rebuke. So why does the Pasuk say, why does the verse say, it's not with your children? So Raji clarifies that God is saying, I'm not speaking that to your children, 
Because your children could say, we don't know what you're talking about. We didn't see any of this. I'm speaking to you. You saw it all. You experienced this all. The next verse, we're now enumerating things that the Jews saw to impress upon them this concept that how much you have to love and express your relationship to God in all of the details of the commandments. You see, you see God's power. You see his powerful arm. You saw it. So the next verse shows very clearly what we saw, right? His signs and the deeds that he performed in the midst of Egypt, to Paro, to Pharaoh, to the king of Egypt, and to all of his land. Next verse, what he did to the army of Egypt, its horses, its riders, he swept over them the waters of the, of the Red Sea, of the Yamsuf, when they pursued you, and God caused them to perish. You saw all this, so take heed, take lesson. The next verse, and what he did for you in the wilderness until you came to this place. Everything God done for you throughout these 40 years in the desert. How did they survive without God's infinite love, care, and complete breaking of nature to make it good for them? Next verse, and this is something else that you saw that should have made a very powerful impression on you and should keep you um, within God's lines. What he did to Dustin and Aviram, the sons of Eliab, that the earth opened up its mouth wide and swallowed them and their households and their tents and their sustenance, everything in the midst of the Jewish people. So what this is referring to is that when there was this great controversy with Kairach against Moshe, the instigators of the controversy, Kairach and Dustin and Aviram, the main instigators of many, many Jews, unfortunately, got swept into it, they received such a punishment that literally the earth swallowed them up. So you saw that. You saw God's power. You saw his might. You, you saw it. Says so the Jewish people were terrified. They started rin- running. The earth is swallowing up people. You saw it. Remember it. So Raj here comments on this idea because there are two opinions in the Gemara of what really happened here. So one person says that wherever one of them would run, like so speak, running from the mouth of the earth, the earth would just split open and swallow him. So that's what it means, because the verse says that they got swallowed in the midst of all of Israel. So how is this in the midst of all of Israel? Because this one's here among many other Jews, and suddenly the earth opens up and swallows him. And that one's there, and the earth opens up and swallows him. So wherever they were, the earth would open up and swallow them. They tried to run from God, but you can't run from God. That's in the midst of all the Jewish people. But this is argued upon because... We're like, what are you talking about? It doesn't say that the earth had all these mouths, that the earth opened up all of her mouths. It says one mouth in the singular. So how can you say every place they were, there was another mouth? So what's this person's opinion? What does it mean in the midst of all the Jewish people? So he said, again, the same concept. They, they, these people are fleeing away from their punishment. And the earth, so they are in the midst of all the Jews. And then the earth inclined like a funnel. So wherever one of them was, it rolled him down until that one opening of the mouth of the earth. So it's listing all of the possessions that got swallowed up. It wasn't just Kairos, Dustin, and Aviram. It was their whole families and all their possessions. We see how harsh conflict is because what's the consequence? So listing the household, the tents, and then it says all the sustenance which was at their feet. So Rashi says, this is your property, because the property helps you stand on your feet. 
And then the next verse says, going back to our theme here, it's your eyes that saw all of this, meaning we just enumerated many things that if you think about it should like be, yeah, look at God's power, look at his might, look at his response when people are not being attentive to what they're supposed to be doing. When they go off, look, 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 and take heed. So Rashi comments here on this idea that when we're saying only it's your eyes that see, that this refers to that verse that we open the section up with. It's not your children who didn't know. You, you saw it. That's why it has such an impact on you. And you have two more verses. So you shall keep all the commands that I command you today, so you'll be strong, and you will come and take possession of the land to which you are crossing. They right now are in the desert, 40 years in the desert, and they are going to manage this crossing of the Yardin to take possession of the land. And then the last verse, and so you'll prolong your days. Talk about this idea of living long life in Israel. You'll prolong your days on the land that God swore to your father to give to you and your children, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we have here in Rashi, no, I'm sorry, we don't have here Rashi on this. This is the end, and that Rashi is for Friday section. So we just concluded the Chumash portion for Thursday.